In today's episode, we're going to be talking all about communicative language teaching. What is it exactly, and how do we know when we are doing it in our classroom? So let's jump in. Are you a language teacher looking for some reassurance that what you're doing in the classroom is on the right track? Or maybe you're looking for some ways to teach even more effectively. If you're one or the other or somewhere in between, you've landed in the right place. This is the World Language Classroom Podcast with your host, me, Joshua Cabral. You're about to get tips, tools, and resources so that your students continue to rise in proficiency and communicate with confidence. Let's jump in. Vamos, allons-y. Hello, my friends. Hola, mis amigos. Bonjour, mes amis. We're going to take on the topic of communicative language teaching. This is such an important term. We hear it all the time. A lot of us are doing it in our classroom or think we're doing it in our classroom. And I want to make sure that we truly understand what is behind it so that when we are teaching in our classrooms and we are creating lessons, that they really are part of this concept of communicative language teaching. And sometimes we realize, absolutely, yes, it is. And then there are going to be times when we think, hmm, that's not really communicative. And perhaps we have to make some changes or modifications. And that's an important part of teaching. And I'm hoping that's what we get out of these conversations we have on this podcast. It's a time to look at our teaching, to be introspective and to self-assess and make sure that we are truly working towards the goals that we want for our teaching and for our students. So when we start to look at this idea of a communicative language teaching, we have to start by understanding the difference between an approach and a method. Now within this, we also have procedure and technique. It goes a little further. But we're going to stay at the idea of approach and method. And I'm pulling here from some of the work of Jack Richards and Theodore Rogers, often referred to as Richards and Rogers. Uh, They have a book you can read called Approaches and Methods to Language Teaching, if you want to go a little further into this. But they take on this idea of approach and method. And an approach is really sort of the higher level theoretical approach or understanding to something. I use the word approach because it's an approach. So when we look at communicative language teaching, it is an approach and not a method. Now, a method is what you're actually doing in the classroom to reach those theoretical goals, or they're guided by the theory at the approach level. So communicative language teaching as an approach has some guiding principles, and that's what Bill Van Patten tells us about communicative language teaching. He points out that it is not a method, that it's really a set of guiding principles, and that there are lots of methods that fit into that framework. So you may be a communicative language teacher, And what that looks like in your classroom looks differently than the classroom next door or other teachers you're communicating with in Facebook groups and on Twitter because there are lots of methods that you can use to 
get to the goal of communicative language teaching or within the principles and the theories of communicative language teaching. Now, that's really important to understand because since it's not any one method that we're not going to have colleagues that are doing exactly what we're doing, and we can learn from each other for that reason. And once we understand theoretically what communicative language teaching is, then we're in a better position to look at different methods that are out there and then to immediately say to ourselves, yes, that is within the communicative language approach, or no, that is not, and that's not something I'm going to do. Let's look at theoretically what this idea of communicative language teaching is. So the first thing to look at is the idea of input. So input that is comprehensible is essential. So this is what creates language and the subconscious mind of the learner. So you have to make sure that the language is comprehensible. So comprehensible input, CI, we hear a lot about this. The next thing to look at is student output. So student output is in context and centered on conveying a message. So anytime students create language, they there's language output, that it's always within a communicative context. It's not just single examples that are not connected to any other idea. So it's always in a context that is conveying a message. Next, the focus is on communicating and doing something with the language as opposed to practicing isolated language features out of context. So when you start to look at different methods that are out there, and if it is a method that is not focused on communicating and doing something with the language, but rather on isolated language features out of context, then you'll see that that's a method that's not going to help you move towards the goals of communicative language teaching, or they're not part of the theoretical understanding in communicative language teaching. Next thing to look at is the student in the classroom. And in the communicative language classroom, the student is the center. It's very student-centered as opposed to teacher-centered. Now, in legacy teaching, pre-communicative language teaching, it was all about the alpha teacher, as we call it, the teacher explaining everything to students. And it wasn't all about student output and message creation and language creation and engagement. So students are creating with language. When it's student-centered, it's the students that are creating with language rather than having the language explained to them by a teacher. They are in a position to find patterns, and as they find these patterns, it's happening in a very subconscious way. There's this language creation happening, and that's really what is driving their language acquisition. So with the focus being on communicating messages, the focus is not on the individual structures of the language. Now, that is not to say that a certain level of accuracy and language structure is needed to communicate a message. Absolutely, it is. If the language that students are creating is completely inaccurate and is sort of a, a structure that doesn't follow any syntax involved in the language, the message isn't going to be understood. So 
we should not have this idea that in the communicative language classroom, that language structure is not even secondary. It's not even part of the system. It is because we do need to have a certain level of accuracy for the message to be understood. But the most important thing is the message and knowledge of the language is indeed secondary in that case. So the last thing to look at in this theoretical approach to language learning in the communicative language classroom is that it's focused on understanding the message being conveyed by students despite inaccuracy in the language form. So yes, there will be some inaccuracy, but if it's accurate enough for the message to be understood, we've reached our goal. So that's a change from focusing on correct usage of language structures and only secondarily attending to the message. So those are the the basic theoretical underpinnings of communicative language teaching. And I say theoretical because it is indeed an approach and not a method. Now, there are methods that you can use, TPRS, organic world language. Uh, There are all of these different ways and methods uh, that have been created with the idea of communicative language teaching because they are following those theoretical underpinnings of the approach. So now you can start to look at different methods and ask yourself, okay, is this about input that's comprehensible to students? Is the student always creating language that is about creating a message rather than just individual correct forms of language? Is it student-centered? Are we focusing more on the message and the output than the accuracy of the output as long as the message is understood? So as you're considering these different things to do in your classroom, you can ask yourself these questions to see if they are in line with communicative language teaching if, in fact, you want to have a classroom that is communicative. So now let's look at what this looks like in the classroom. And I'm going to break this down into two sections. We're going to look at performance and assessment. So when it comes to performance in the past, the legacy way of teaching in the past, the focus was on what students knew about the language and its structures. And practice of correct grammatical forms of the language were typically done in isolation and out of context. Now, in a communicative language classroom, the focus is on what the learner is able to do and accomplish with the language. This is always tied to context, and students communicate authentically with the language despite occasional inaccuracy in the language when the message is clear. So if you want a communicative language classroom, that is what your focus should be. Now, when it comes to assessment in a communicative language classroom, legacy, past assessment, determined the level of language accuracy, and the teacher could easily and quickly point out what was incorrect, such as verb forms or noun gender or measure words or adjective agreement. But in a communicative language classroom, assessments are performance-based Teachers use tools and strategies such as backwards design and can-do statements to guide students toward communication. 
So again, as you're looking at different methods and procedures that are out there, you want to make sure if you want a communicative language classroom that that is how you're going about assessment. So it's really interesting to look at what a communicative language classroom looks like because with it being student-centered and this idea that it's about communicative language and that it's about language that's understood and comprehensible and it's about the student creating with the language, it is, in fact, a very natural way of going about language acquisition. So, for example, if you put yourself in, a, in an immersion environment where you are surrounded by language that you are going to interact with, that you are going to find patterns in, and you're going to try things out and get some feedback and see if it's understood. And through that whole process, you move along your interlanguage continuum and you get closer to higher accuracy in your L2 and therefore better able to convey messages. So that's a very natural way of going about language learning. And that's essentially what communicative language teaching is saying. So then why do it in a classroom? What's our role as a teacher in that then? Is it just to have situations where students hear language around them and read language around them all the time? At the very basic level, the answer to that question is yes, but it comes down to how we do it. And there is a quote from Larson Freeman and Long from 1990 that has always guided me in language teaching. And this is what they say. It is not because some plants will grow in the desert that watering the ones in your garden is a waste of time. In fact, of course, while the desert may provide the minimum conditions for a plant to grow, watering it may help it to grow faster, bigger, and stronger. That is to realize its full potential. So they're saying, you know, that the that plant in the desert without water is able to grow. It happens. But does that mean that if you do water it, that it will not grow stronger and faster? And so that's how I see our role as teachers in the communicative language classroom, that language acquisition is going to happen in a natural way where with the exposure and engagement with language they will be creating in any circumstance this subconscious language structure that then they will use to communicate. But we can help them along by providing comprehensible input, which they would not get. Nobody would get comprehensible input on the street uh, when they're just in an immersion environment. And Stephen Krashen points this is, points this out as well, is that the benefit of the classroom is that students are getting comprehensible input, which is going to move them along their acquisition process faster than on the street where they're not going to get comprehensible input. So that actually makes it better. But our role as teachers is to make sure that they have that comprehensible input that they're able to tend to and work with along the way. 
So as you're looking at this idea of communicative language teaching and you're figuring out what you want teaching to look like in your classroom, just reflect back on, is it student-centered? Is it about comprehensible language that students are able to comprehend enough of the language to find patterns and then have that become part of their subconscious language system? And in this student-centered classroom, they have opportunities to create with the language, and it's always in a communicative context based on creating a message and conversing and not just isolated language that's not in context. And so that when you also assess, that you're assessing the ability to do that and not the individual aspects of the language. So there is our general understanding of communicative language teaching, seeing that it is an approach, which is a theoretical way of acquiring language, and that there are different methods, many methods that can be used within that theoretical framework. So you can have a communicative language classroom that looks very different from another teacher's classroom because they're using a different method, because there are lots of methods that fall under the umbrella of communicative language teaching all about comprehensible input and communicating in context and communicating a message. So hopefully this helps you to have a better frame of what communicative language teaching is. Always interested to hear what teachers are doing in their classroom. So be sure to post on uh, in Facebook groups and on Twitter so that we can all be learning from each other. Be sure to check out the show notes on this episode. There'll be links to some of the concepts that I talked about so you can go a little, a little deeper into if you want to do that. And there's also a link to join my uh, weekly newsletter, which is Talking Points, and you get a, a weekly email with different things about language teaching and different resources, and you'll also find out when each episode of the podcast drops and you'll know what the topic will be as well. Okay. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and we'll talk again real soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to the World Language Classroom Podcast. Be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening so you don't miss a single episode. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at WL Classroom. You can also see over 250 blog posts about language teaching at, you guessed it, wlclassroom.com.